All right. Welcome back to the Boys of 161st Street, episode 126. Just another episode where we're going to tease closer to that 161 episode. I'm going to say that every single time because it's going to be such a day. We'll probably do something extremely normal on that episode, but it's going to be 161. It's going to be cool. What, what can we do that'll be cool that episode? Power hour. Right, right around the corner, only uh, five months away, so. <laughs> yeah, unless we do episodes every day leading up to 161. Huh? Challenge accepted. Uh-oh. What? Five months from now is October. It's actually Uh-oh. five months. It's definitely not. That could be a wild day. It's 30 episodes, so do the math. That's right at the end of October, too. Look at you, Murphy, doing some math, huh? Quick math. Yeah, no, I'm I think we should do a power hour. Is epi- I mean, if that's not fate... I don't know what it is. is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I mean, that is literally, that's a Cinderella story. If I've ever heard one, that's a Cinderella story. Must so the Yankees, uh, Yankees are pretty good, but today I'm your host, Luke. That's Chandler over there on the left. Smurf over there in his room and wherever you are. I don't know. I can't keep up. No, that's definitely the Great North. And then Stamen mm-hmm. sitting next to me. These are the 161 boys, boys of 161st, whatever you want to call us. We're happy that you're joining us today on this fine Tuesday morning. That's when you guys are listening to it. It's Monday for us, May 24th. And the Yankees are pretty damn good at baseball. If you uh, if you think about it. Definitely could say if that. You don't, if you don't oh, think boy. about it, they're also pretty fucking good at baseball. They have the best record in the MLB. Since 420, blaze it. Yeah. Really? Best record in MLB since 420 at 22 and 9. They're a half game back of the Red Sox uh, on your left. And they're 16 and 5 in the month of May. Just coming off a fresh sweep of the White Sox. And the starters are pretty much the best we've ever seen it through one time through yeah. the rotation. So, a lot to love. We do call ourselves the Gordon Ramsay of Yankee Podcast, so that we're definitely going to gonna hate on them a little bit at some point but this might be a pretty happy episode to be honest i think i saw a lot of things that i really like to see and uh how are you guys doing before we get into it you two have been on whatever you've been doing pto we had to get a fill in last episode he did a good job used the playstation mic so i hope the people at home didn't really hate that too much i know we have been having a few crackles no it's not your airpods no it's not your headphones We've been dealing with the issue. We're going to fix it by next time. I actually talked to Alyssa. I said, hey, have you noticed the crackle? And she's been like, oh, actually, I thought it was my AirPods. So, no, it's not all of your, your headphones. Well, we should just lie to everybody and told them that it No, was they probably AirPods. already returned yeah, their AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> they probably returned their AirPods so and got new recall. ones. Apple's calling a recall of their AirPods. Sorry if we didn't tell you and you went out and swapped out your AirPods by now. But we have hopefully fixed it. And if we haven't, we're the worst. And don't turn us off because we love you guys. So, <laughs> but how you guys doing? Amazing, hanging in there. Fantastic, great Yankees baseball. Damn it! Hold on, before we start, Chandler, how many times are we both going to talk at the same time? Uh, Ooh, Vegas odds three and a half. Vegas odds. I was, you know, that's crazy because that was the exact odds I was thinking three and a half. Boom! See you in Vegas. You got two new book uh, bookmakers right here. <laughs> I think if you yeah. guys talk to each other for an hour, you would talk over each other at least four times. Probably. I mean, so did you notice how they didn't want to talk over each other that time? <laughs> they were trying to deliberately was, not you talk. The, you two are in the same room. You have the visual cues to play off each other. Chandler and I are on our own. The only thing here, I get so. is like the little finger wiggle whenever he's got something really good cooking up. I get, get that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> bro. 
All right, yeah. so let's talk about the Yankees. Let's start off. To, I try not to cut anybody off. <laughs> so let's start off about talking some a little bit of the housekeeping injury update. So apparently Stanton's coming back on Tuesday. That being tomorrow when you guys are hearing this episode. That would be the end of his IL stint. I'd be pleasantly surprised if he is reinstated. I know he's I he is supposed you have a to be sound queued up on there. No, but I can add one by by next episode. But I mean, I guess we could do this. Now exactly how much pot did you smoke? If you believe that, like how much pot are you smoking? If you blindly believe that, how much pot are you smoking? I do believe it because I, you know, he's a DH, so you know, you would hope that he comes in and actually plays. And I, he shouldn't have been off anyway. You know, what I thought was really funny was there was a video of him hitting baseballs at batting practice, and it was like. Uh, Stan's hitting baseballs at four percent. I'm like, what the fuck is four percent hitting? How do you how do you how do you actually hit a baseball at four percent? And whose idea was it to hit a baseball at four percent? That's so specific. It's so specific, and it's that, so maybe low. That's what's, maybe it's, that's what's causing his injuries. If you're hitting a uh, swinging at four percent, like think of how if you're that big, think about how fast you have to stop your swing to swing four percent. I, th- I thought that was something. funny. I thought that was you're funny. Something next week is gonna be like. 19 and a half percent wait when was he swinging at four percent it was like yesterday or after the game um so how is he gonna ramp it up to a hundred percent then yeah i thought it was really funny unless it was a typo it was supposed to be like 44 or 24 either way the four makes no sense (laughs) so stan's coming (laughs) back what you put it the four makes no sense so stan's coming back odds are if he comes back and he starts out hot that means judge is going to cool down it's just you know we have to make that a law. What's the law we're going to name that as? Because whenever one's hot, the other one's not or not even playing. So it's just like, we'll call it Murphy's Law because, you know, why not? Murphy's Law. Well, that's already a thing. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong, specifically with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. So, I mean, Judge is red hot right now. He's 22 for his last 48, which is ridiculous. He's hitting over 300 now. He's unbelievable at baseball. So it's only right that Stanton comes back. He comes back hitting really well, and then Judge slumps because they can't possibly do it at the same time. It's just the way it works. Other injury news. Uh, actually, not so much injury news is that you would think when Stanton comes back, hopefully Mike Ford gets sent down, but but allegedly people are, are talking through the grapevine, and apparently Voight is about to go on paternity leave, and DJ is soon to follow him on paternity leave, so they aren't going to send Ford down. They're going to not have well, to send people down. They would wait. just use All those. Of- both of their kids are due in June. So. Paternity leave? June yeah, is next week. Paternity leave. A day. June is next week. Yeah, Odor was on paternity leave like two days ago. He, he missed a game. Tw- he was on the IL. Like, uh, you're saying like. He was on paternity leave. Going- he came so off came the IL the and then. Like yeah, I think because there's space. Cause they're still on the roster. Yeah, yeah they can't. They yeah. have to go on the IL to pull some. Yeah, I'm just saying instead of sending down. Reserve list that I didn't know yeah. about. It would like all, it would have to be like the like the stars would have to align in the worst way possible for both of them to be on paternity leave at the same time. Like both their kids have to be born at the same exact time. Just tell their wives to hold it in. <laughs> oh my god, Murph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says. <laughs> that that, 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 that was terrible. In other news for the injuries, Britain is apparently coming back soon. Don't know what that means. Don't know if you guys heard any specific details there. I just wrote that down because I thought I'd update the people. I am excited for Britain to come back, and Sevi is apparently facing live hitters soon. That is fun to hear as well, considering our starting rotation is the best in baseball and the best. You guys have seen the stats. You guys are, are you guys follow the Yankees? Everybody listening, you know what the stat has been: is the like Yankees have been literally the best historically one time through the order, and 
They all haven't allowed the, a run at all. Even guys like Monty and Tyone, which is nice to see. So, actually, was Tyone a part what of that? It, yeah, innings? it was. It was Something 50, 50 yeah. innings of five. No, hold on. I will pull no, up there, the real it was thing. Like, wasn't it like 30 innings? We posted it was, it. I think it was 35 innings. It was 35 innings, but it was five innings for each starter that they had. Five consecutive rounds. starts for the first time in New York Yankees history of five-plus scoreless innings. So one time through the rotation, that's Cole, Tyone, Herman, Monty, Kluber, all have gone at least five-plus scoreless. And I think the total number of scoreless innings was 35. That makes sense. It's pretty dang good. It's pretty, good. It's pretty, pretty damn good. Pretty dang good. I actually have a question for you guys about that. I have an answer. I was going to bring that up a little bit later. So I have an might as well answer. Might as well bring it back up now. So are, are the Yankees, this isn't hot or not, so I'm not going to ask you, are you buying this? But I'm kind of going to ask you, are you buying this? So like this, and that's a bad question because I feel like I've been asking you guys this week in, week out, which you know isn't a bad question. It's just been that they've been doing it. They've been doing the damn thing, and they haven't really had a slump where we say, oh, they're coming back down to earth. It's been two months. So I, I'm going to answer that question for you guys. I think I am buying it. But my real question about this is, do you think that they are actually doing well enough to the point where we no longer have to add a pitcher at the deadline? Should, could we u- instead use all of the space and dra- and trade assets on hitters? Because that's, I think, two months in, you know, we thought going into the year the pitching would be the problem, and it is so not. We're so fucking deep, and that's not even including names like oh, like Sevy's coming back, Devi is coming back. Allegedly, we're probably going to see him at some point soon. King has been off the roster. Britain's coming back. My guy Darren O'Day is coming back. Our pitching is so fucking deep. I personally think we don't need to get a pitcher. I don't it know. Am depends. I crazy? You don't need it. But <laughs> I was going to say that too. I was like, well, it depends. I know we say this every time. It depends and it's a joke or whatever, but it actually depends on when Sevy comes back. If Sevy comes back before the deadline, throws three times and looks great, then yeah, I don't think we need to trade for a pitcher. I, I but think if he comes back, looks like crap, or doesn't come back, has a setback, then maybe you still need to bring in a pitcher. I think that, it, I think that it more so depends that if Montgomery and JMO can keep up their, you know, their good pitching. So I feel like Cole, I'm obviously confident in Kluber. I'm becoming more confident in every single day. Domingo has been the most consistent out of the other three, and JMO and Montgomery have been not the best. Not like they they had two good games, but they've been so up and down. I feel like JMO, even though he had a great start, you know he's still throwing a lot of pitches. He like he's barely getting through five innings. And yeah, it's a great that's a great um, start, but I don't know if that's I don't know if that's showing me signs that he's going to be like a playoff pitcher. Yeah, JMO and Monty's stats are this is actually something else I want to bring up to you guys too. They're basically the same pitcher. One's a lefty, one's a righty. And JMO, his stats on the year so far is one and three, fifty strikeouts, five point zero six ERA, one point two two WHIP. And Monty is two and one. So wins don't fucking matter. It's just that's a testament to the Yankees they offense. They do matter. Yeah, whatever. Not as much. Mainly the point I was bringing up is that instead of the 50 strikeouts, Monty has 52. Instead of the 5.06 ERA, Monty has a little bit better of a 4.07 and a 1.07 whip. So Monty's been a little better, but not by much. They've both been kind of one in the same well, this year. Here's the example that I'm going to give you. And no, we don't need it 
probably. Like you said, it's a big might. But if somebody's out no, it's there, a big depends. You, okay, depends. If, you, if we know you're new there, to the podcast, least, but you have to at least kick the tires. Like think about the Astros a couple years ago when they had Cole and Verlander, and then got out, went out and got Grinky, or maybe it was Verlander and Grinky and got Cole. Whatever order they came in, like yeah, they didn't need it, but. If you can go get another ace, you go get another ace. Charlie Morton. You go get another ace. I don't care what you have to do. If somebody's out there that you can feasibly get, you go get them. I don't care how well your question mark guys are pitching. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would not be. Yeah, I would not be upset if Domingo, Jamo, or Montgomery wasn't starting during a playoff game and we had another all-star pitcher like i wouldn't be upset <laughs> exactly. you're you're lumping domingo in that i i think domingo is winning people over on on the field i think domingo is starting to become one of like you said most consistent out of that group of three yeah, yeah, yeah. yes the other two haven't been the most consistent but i'm starting to think i you know kluber and cole i think are in a completely separate category these two guys can do it we know that domingo i think is starting to become so it's those two 50 piles of shit, Domingo, and then the other two, 50 piles of shit later than that. But I think Domingo is starting to move upwards in that in that Yeah, I think he pile can. Of shit. I think he has the potential to do it. I don't think it's that it big of a shit. It doesn't matter to me. He could go out there and, you know, pitch to a two ERA the rest of the year. If you can go get the guy we talked about like a week ago, Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer's your game two starter. No matter what, no ifs, ands, or buts. It doesn't matter how well Domingo's doing. It doesn't matter if Tyon's coming off seven straight perfect games. Max Scherzer's your game two star. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a good point. Because I think that that right there is a good like um, comparison of should we be going after this guy? If they're not going to be our number two starter, then don't go after him because we already have a solid number two. We have a pretty solid that can be number three and four in terms of caliber of pitcher. So don't don't go out there and get a mediocre number three, number four pitcher. Go out there and get a number two guy, and that that's it. Think, that should be the threshold. I think if we're trading for a guy, it's got to be a guy that's better than Kluber. I know that's what like exactly, you just yeah. said. Exactly you're trading for another ace. That's the only way that makes sense to trade for another pitcher because then you're just getting a replica of the back three guys that we're debating between anyway. Exactly. And then you have I think it was a great number three, but he'd be an even better number four. Yeah, then then you have another guy that's like just like Montgomery and just like um, JMO. You should have a third guy just like that, yeah. right? Absolutely. Enter Matt Harvey. <laughs> no, he's been <laughs> trying to. That Domingo is like the three because at the beginning of the year nobody thought no. he was going to be the number three. I'm just like, I'm just he's thinking very much the number three in my opinion. yeah. I'm thinking the t- oh right now on the team right now yeah he's a three yeah hundred percent. I thought you meant like, it, three guy. in the we playoffs. Were, are we feeling the I, confident? When I said my starting rotation before the year, he wasn't even in there, I don't think, because I like forgot he even existed at the time. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the bad guy thing mainly. We didn't know if he would be on the team. He's on the team, yeah. and he's pitching pretty fucking well. And and he did start out. I actually had him on my fantasy team to, to start the year. I dropped his ass because he's pitched horrible <laughs> out of the gate, and he's been yeah, picked up, and he's lowered his ERA from a seven, whatever it was, to now he's at a three I think like three on the dot. I think. Yeah, like pretty much three on the dot. And he, he's been pitching well, dude. His last couple outings, I don't have the numbers specifically in front of him, in front of me, but I know he went seven shutty, and then six hits, zero runs, five Ks. Yep. And before that, I'm pretty sure he did even better. No, I don't know. I just know he's been really doing. He's been dealing. He's been doing the damn thing. His curveball's been fucking awesome, which is what he's been always doing. And you know, I, I, I just three oh five. So I, I just totally am. 
I think I'm more becoming sold on Kluber and Domingo, and I think it's very much still question marks to me with the uh, with the Tyone and the and the Montgomery. But Monty, had, I think he had his best game yet. I mean, he, had, he did have his best game. He had his most strikeouts since ever. Eleven strikeouts and zero walks. Since most of his career. Set, yeah, eleven strikeouts, zero walks, seven innings pitched, and four runs. Uh, sorry, four hits. Yeah. That's, that's fucking fantastic. The main purpose of bringing this question up is that I, I do think that having those two guys as, you know, on again, off again guys, they don't have to be those top three. I think we have enough guys, even because they're going to be the four and the five speculatively right now. So when you got the other guys that I mentioned, like, you know, Devi King, Sevy, all those guys in in the fucking back pocket of the Yankees, I think that gives us the opportunity to go after guys and spend and by the question i meant to pose is like i'm assuming we aren't going to get scherzer if in an ideal world scherzer would be on the yankees and that would be all fine and dandy but i don't think that's going to happen would i would i do it if i was the yankees yeah because i don't give a fuck and i'm the yankees and i can make it back because we're about to get full capacity and sell boatloads of tickets beers and hot dogs so i just don't understand why they wouldn't do it now for the purposes of this question, I think I would rather allocate that six million that we have all to a bat, that being, you know, a Starlin Marte who could be a potential center fielder for the years to come, or Andrew Benatendi, who's even cheaper than that, and you're getting a half year of him, who's having a pretty fucking nice year after we mentioned him. He's been batting two ninety seven, he's stealing six bags, he kind of does everything on Does defense he listen well. to us? Who? That's what Benatendi. Possibly. I mean, are these correlated? It's time to pose the question. That's all I'm saying. It's time to pose the question, Chandler. I'm just saying, do we put these these eggs? Are we the main purpose of this question? The other main purpose that I keep saying. There's a lot of main purposes. There's a lot of main purposes. I'm just saying, is it time to not panic on the bats, but say, are we this team offensively? You know, here's what I'm. I think, regardless of whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, I think if you're playing the game that we've been playing recently, undoubtedly. You need to go at the deadline and get the last piece, the one that just, you know, pushes you over the top, the last, like, you know, foot to the throat, it's over, done. You know, I don't want to be good and not great again. If you're good and you're showing you're good, go up for one time, go out at the deadline and get the final piece. Agreed. Yeah. I don't care if it's a pitcher. I don't care if it's a hitter. Whatever one it is, go get them. Uh, yeah, there is there's room for improvement on either side. There can be. And but it needs to be it needs to be like the perfect piece that ties it all together. And I think that we can do that with one guy. I would sign a new Bat Boy if it meant that, <clears throat> that puts us over the edge. I don't care. Amen. Whoever it is. Yep. Uh, agreed. Agreed. So one thing I also wanted to talk about, we're talking about potential replacements for center fielders. Hicks obviously goes down again with the wrist surgery that is going to end his season for in career. all likelihood, career. <coughs> in all likelihood, Excuse will me. end his season. I don't know if it ends his career, Damon, but it definitely has been a career so far that has been riddled with injuries. Back in 2017, if you guys remember, Aaron Hicks had multiple IL stints with an oblique injury. In 2018, he had intercoastal muscle strain. That doesn't sound healthy sounds painful 2019 right flexor strain in the elbow ended up being tommy john and in 2021 he gets the wrist surgery so out of the last five years he has had very serious injuries in four of them and the one that he didn't have a very serious injury was oh just a 
shortened season that was 60 games. And he ended up being in 2020. What a wonderful season it was. He didn't even play it well. Didn't even play it well. But this isn't to bash his play on the field. Kind of is. Are we officially counting down the years on Hicks' contract? I put that out as a as a post on the socials, and people seemed to be like, yes, I very much am. Hicks signed that seven-year, $70 million contract. He's in his second year of that seven-year, $70 million contract. Honestly, I'm not going to be like that guy who's like, oh, my God, I hated that contract when they signed him. I will say that I didn't love it when they gave it to him, but it isn't super like high AAV. It's 10 mil, which is you know a starting center fielder. That's that's low for a starting center fielder, and it's not. He wasn't as bad offensively at the time. He was definitely getting hurt all the time, but at the time he wasn't as atrocious, I, and he still had a good arm in the field. So either way, though, like when I when I first saw that contract, I remember just being like, "Wow, that's really long." Like I don't care yeah. about the money part. That's just a really long contract for a guy like that. I agree. the the ten the AAV the ten million. I was fine with that, but you know, if it was three years, thirty million, four years, forty million, that's a way different story. He was one There's of the guys. Years. Yeah, he was one of the guys. When you're that's looking one. at the contract, that was that's an asterisk. But <laughs> that's one of the ones where you look at it and you go, "Okay, I'm paying for four, and if the last three suck, so be it." Yeah, yeah. kind of like what we were looking at, and I they're not even remotely the same yeah, player. Cool. I'm just using it, but no, I was gonna say DJ. Like, give oh, him yeah. the extra year if he's 38 and he sucks. Whatever, we're paying for the World Series. Well, but. that was the argument with Cole too. Yeah, like, oh, give him fucking. Yeah eight years, nine years, and we'll deal with the last two. Like It's always yeah. the deal with guys like that. With with him, I agree. I, with stars, though. Especially a guy who has like very bad, very bad, no good injury history. Like That was a little bit ridiculous. So with the details of the contract, like I said, seven years, $70 million. In his second year this year, his first year was just a, we got basically a rental. It was the, the shortened season. And then he's set to become a free agent in 2027. And there's a $1 million buyout in... 2026. Wow. Here, here's why I. I was going to say whether or not this injury like ends his career, is he really still going to be playing in 2026, 2027? No, I I fully anticipate us buying him out for $1 million. That's just a given. So Hicks will be on this team. So the point of saying this question again, was that, are we, are we counting down the years? I am. And I think that time that I'm counting down until is, 2026 is when we buy him out. So he basically what has. What year does he play his last five. game of pinstripes? So I, when it says there's a buyout in 2026, does that mean next year? The the summer leading. The, does that mean the the off season leading up to the 2026 season? So we we can buy him out of the 2026 season. Like we don't have to have him yeah. on the team. Yeah. And then he would become a free agent in the off season of 2027. Yeah. Yes. Leading up to the 2027 season. Okay. So. That means he's going to play his you're, last you're game. You're opting out to not pay him for the year. 2026, he yeah. won't be a Yankee. So yeah. his last yeah, game, his last game but, in pinstripes will be in 2025. Yeah, I say 2024. I think, I, I think it's going to be. I think he's going to do this wrist surgery thing. I think he's going to come back next year, and he's either going to be abysmal or he's going to get hurt again. And then I think I I don't think he plays for the Yankees in 2023. How, I think I think he gets traded. How do you think? Well, why would anybody want? Nobody's going to buy. It. Nobody's going to take that contract. So you're saying they cut him. Yeah, I'm not I, saying they cut him. That was one. That was two. That was, maybe, that was kind of maybe they buy him out. Maybe he retired. Like I, I'm just saying, two years from now, I'd be surprised if Aaron Hicks is on the Yankees. But he, here's I, the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. It, it would be different if he was playing well before the injury. Like he, he right. was playing horrible before he got hurt. He had a below average year before that. So it's not like 
he was this amazing player. He's going to get hurt, and we're going to wait for him to come back and fill a spot in the center field. We're not. He's like, not Aaron Judge. He's not Aaron Judge. He's going to be he's going to be replaced very quickly, especially if we the go out and trade for a guy right now. Who we trade for a guy who can be a center fielder for years to come, then you can kiss him goodbye. There's going to be no spot for him to play, especially if uh, Clint gets better or if anyone else in the outfield gets better. <laughs> Like the who biggest knows? factor is Florial. If Florial yeah. continues what he's doing right now, Aaron, like I don't, I don't foresee Aaron Hicks being out there to start the year next year, just because the way he handles injuries. Um, I just, I really believe that if Florial takes that job and runs with it, then you have no use for Hicks. You can cut him, eat the eat the contract, get over with it. You know, kick yourself in the ass. This one didn't work yeah, out. Man. Move on. Look what the look what the Rangers just did with Odor. We yep. some team will scoop him up the same way. And the Angels and I, did with I really like Aaron Hicks. He's really, really good at getting on base. And if he could just hit above two thirty, he'd be great. And I would love to see that version of him again. But with how much he gets hurt and how much he doesn't hit, even though he still walks at the same pace as he always had. But he really didn't. This, this year he had the lowest he had the lowest on base percentage on the entire Yankees team before he got hurt. Right, because he can't hit, but he still walks. You guys also mentioned him not performing, obviously. He also hasn't performed on, on defense this year. He looked kind of like – and that was walks. that was always his thing. He looked like the guy – he may not be the best batting average hitter. He'll still get the walks, but then that will get him in the lineup. That's almost as if a guy like like J- Andrew Benatendi, some, when he was slumping, or better example, Jackie Bradley Jr. on the Red Sox, would always be a dominant center fielder. And he was always a shit hitter. And that's kind of just, you know, whatever you deal with that because he's playing a damn good center field. Hicks wasn't doing either of those things. And I don't foresee him getting any better, you know, in years to come when he is potentially healthy. He's getting older and his arm is getting weaker. And it's just, he's not the Aaron Hicks that we remember who throws 100 miles per hour. I was going to say, doesn't that seem light years ago when he threw 105 from the outfield? It was like two years ago, dude. I'd say it seems like forever know, ago because now he, he tops out at like 88. Yeah, they did the outfield arm grade thing that they've been doing love this that. year. I love He's, it. I, I like that their, their yes is usually behind on the sabermetrics and stuff, but they're starting to lean into it a lot more. Uh, and and they that was something that shed the light on how bad of an arm he has is that you know Clint had the A arm, Judge has the A plus arm. They get the average velo, and Hicks was like a like a D, I think. I mean, I yeah, I mean, which is have, it's like, crazy. The red it's light, crazy. Green it's a free light, fall. Um, they have the like red light, green light, yeah. yellow light, and he was a green light. Like, do you want to run on him? Yes. You, yeah, that's Guardi not should, what you would have expected. Guardy used to be the only green light. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. That is all we're going to talk about about Aaron Hicks, probably for the next uh, ever until the yeah. offseason. I think that'll do it for him. Rest in peace, Aaron Hicks. So let's bring it up a little bit. It's a little bit dreary. Let's get cheery, Murph. How about that? I'm a, re- a regular poet. But uh, the Yankees did sweep the White Sox. And we haven't really mentioned the, anything to do with this series so far, this podcast. And they did sweep the White Sox. And honestly, this was a fucking fun series to watch. And the Pirates, not the, not the Pirates, the White, the White Sox. I don't know why. They're both black logos. So I was like, yeah, whatever. They're the same team. Not the same team. But the White Sox were the best team heading into this series, and we uh, we did away with them. We swept them, and in not deciding fashion, but there there were some fun games to watch. And I wanted to ask you guys the question too before we deep dive into the actual series: Is was Friday's game the game of the year? 
The one with the triple play and the walk off. Not the not the walk walk off, the actual Glaber Torres walk off. For us, yes. Yeah, so far, yeah. I think that was huge for a so lot too. of reasons. I think one, it was exciting as hell, but two, I think that's like that's momentum for the next games. And that just can that continued on. Like that can was we... that was just you could see everyone just like hugging each other. Like you saw Chapman like going into like Geo or Shell and like, yo, thank you, man, like hugging him and like Everyone was just picking each other up, and I thought that was the first time this year I feel like everyone was, like, coming kind of together. That sounds really corny, but you know what I mean? No, oh, we've been looking for that. We've been look- Remember I mentioned the Astros series that circled that one as being the time that can light the fire? I mean, this series can absolutely light the fire for the Yankees, and it's it's another thing that we've been mentioning so much is that it's the big guys who are starting to come through and one of the big guys that we've been wanting to come through for so long is Gleyber Torres and Gleyber Torres is fucking on one right now his stats his stats right now I actually wrote them down to talk about him a little bit he is officially hot that was what I wrote down so mark that (laughs) and it's it's impressive because he's uh he's actually doing it not just by the home run ball yes he did hit a home run and it was a little bit of a porch job but he is just slapping the ball around and that's the best version of Gleyber Torres that we've ever seen is that whenever he's been good, he's never been trying to press and hit that home run. They come because he's good at baseball. But when he slaps the ball around and tries to hit for average, that's when we get the good Gleyber Torres. And that's when he looks, you know, he just looks fucking comfortable at the plate. And the walk-off was a single. And then he hits the RBI to start the game on Sunday, I think it was. And that was a single. And he gets the two RBIs there. And he brings up his, in, in his, his last 18 at-bats, he has 11 hits. Eight RBIs, a home run, and a stolen base, bringing his batting average up for the year to 282, which is great because he had a down year to start the year. And I wish it happened a little bit earlier because I did sell most of his rookie cards, and I guarantee they're about to come back up because he's starting to play well again. I mean, yeah, we all knew he was going to come back and play well. It's not, I don't think I'm it's a glad to anybody. see. I didn't know just how true it was. I mean, I felt like it was kind of a factor, but, you know, yes. All the time they're talking about he just needs his first home run and then he'll get back to it. I like I think I discounted just how important that first home run is because since his I would love to see the stats since his first home run, but he's been yeah. fucking lights out since then. I mean, sent in the last what you said like 50, 18 at bats or fifteen at bats. Like, Post COVID, yeah. Post second COVID, and he has he yeah. said eight RBIs in the last five games too. Which is nuts. Nuts. It's, it's just fun good. to watch. It's fun to watch Glaber do well. He's a huge part of this team. We're going to need him going forward. And he's been hot. And, and him and Judge are the two of the hottest people on this team right now. Hopefully. Could you imagine a world, Murph, when Judge, Stanton, and Glaber are all going fucking off at the same time together? I, I don't think we can handle it. I've said that time and time again. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it, it would be allowed to happen. I'm pretty sure hell would, <laughs> it would be allowed to happen. happen. The world, what what would happen is like the one time that clicks, and you know, Judge and Stanton are on, and Glaber hits a home run. Judge and Stanton would collide at the plate and both be out for the rest of their career. Like that's just not possible to have all that happening at once. It's not fair either to the other no. teams. You got to make it fair. Fair. <laughs> Maybe that's why they have the Judge Stanton rule. What the rule that we? You can't yeah. have two guys over six foot seven yeah. that hit the ball hundreds exactly. miles an hour off the bat do it at the same time. Yeah. Dude, it's just been fun. Speaking about the the walk-offs, because there were the two walk-offs, there was a judge walk-walk-off, too, off of Liam Hendricks. I think Liam Hendricks is just just He's super rattled. scared of judge. I mean, ju- After that athletics like home run to start the wild card game, that was Liam Hendricks when he was on the athletics. Now Liam Hendricks, I, I don't know if it was the very next time that he faced him, but you know, shortly after, 
he he just it was bases loaded, nowhere to put anybody, and he just opted for the walk. Obviously, he didn't opt for it, but he did not want to throw one down the heart of the plate to Judge. I think he literally was like, you know what? What's better from a reputation is either I can hang one over the middle to Judge on a three-one count, I think it was, or something like that, and he's going to hit a grand slam for a walk off, or can I just salvage some of my reputation and say I had a bad day, I walked him, whatever? He didn't really just fuck me up again like he did in the wild card game. I mean, Judge, Judge just has so much real estate in his head. I, that's what I mean. I it's think. it's impossible. He's built an entire complex in there. It's ridiculous. Like th- that's an impossible situation. You can't you can't be bases loaded facing Aaron Judge on a three one count with a tie game in the bottom ninth and expect good things to happen. How many outs were there for that? One out. Oh, you had to throw to that bat. <laughs> that's it's not a place I want to be because at the very least, like maybe Judge strikes out there. Judge has been good in maybe also play. like that that ball was high. He missed high. Like, if like anything, three times if in a row. anything, you should try and miss low there and try and get a ground ball. Like even if he connects high, it's a it's a fly ball. It's a sack fly, and they win. You get just as many losses by walking him as serving one down the middle and letting him hit it mm-hmm. to New Jersey. <laughs> And at least he still has to fucking hit the ball, not just watch it go across the plate. Exactly. Another thing that we haven't really talked about during this series is that fucking triple play. That was that, I think that is what made me think that that Friday game was the game of the year so far. And I think that's the fun thing that we should keep tabs on going forward is like which one's the game of the year. So then at the end of the year, we'll know exactly which one is the game of the year. Like the Twins game with the Hicks catch, so back when Hicks was actually good, that was the game of the year that year. This one, I think, is the game of the year so far. So we got to find one that tops that game. It's gonna be a tough, tough top walk off and a and a triple play against the at the time hottest team in baseball. Yeah, my favorite part of, of the triple play is the uh, security guard behind first base, just like shaking his head like "fuck." That guy is <laughs> he's really good. That guy knows how to play baseball. <laughs> the uh, the craziest thing though is just like the Yankees defense in general. Um, I saw the Yes Network put up a put up a stat that said. In their first 18 games, the Yankees had 13 errors and 10 double plays. And in the last 28 games, so more games, they've had the same amount of errors, but 28 double plays. That's pretty. Wait, that's, that's pretty is that grounded into? No, that's uh, fielding. Oh, when I read that stat, I was assuming you were talking about grounded into. No, 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 no it's fielding. That's so fielding. That. And then they, they, had, they had four double plays turned. Um, the yeah, last game, which was a season high. How about that? So Yankees defense has uh, been I mean, pretty spectacular. Boy, did we need that, though. We have been literally one of the worst defensive teams. Who would have thought? The Yankees pitching and defense pulling it together and us. Being carrying this team. Actually, literally, who would have thought that? Oh, how fun. <laughs> if it hasn't clicked yet, it's going to. I, I don't know, man. It's been... A, it's been a pretty big sample size at this point. I, I am officially, that is one thing, not like overly worried, but I think this offense is kind of what you see is what you're going to get. Because, I mean, you got the whole second half of 2020, roll it into this. and they're, That was my question. And that's why I mentioned, do we go after a bat? Because that is clearly what we're dealing with here. Like, that is our our issue. It's been two months, and it's like you said, Murph, and not Chandler, it's been a little bit, from from last year as well, you know, I don't really want to use too many of the numbers from last year because, you know, you're only playing for two months, so you could have evened things out. But either way, it's been two months. Two months is a big enough sample size to the point where we can start not be worried, but start to wonder, is this is this what we're dealing with here? You know, we're used to these guys being extremely just 
elite, elite, elite bats. But and I'm and I'm not worried either because you know the the main thing that's keeping me grounded and not acting like the sky is falling in terms of the offense is because the big guys are doing it. Stan, when he's in, he's usually doing really, really well. Judge is having a quiet MVP year that people aren't talking about because he's been in and out of the lineup, and that's the bigger storyline all the time with him because he's betting. 308 now with 12 home runs and I think 28 RBIs. Uh, He's leading the team in every offensive category. Yeah, which he should be. I mean, I that includes awesome. guys. No, who are no, pretty- no, I wouldn't say he should be. Like, I would expect DJ to be leading. Uh, That's true. I meant, I meant like. Yeah. Oh, that actually brings up the question about DJ. I wouldn't. I want to ask you guys because DJ. I'm not saying are you like panic meter on DJ, but is anybody worried a little bit about him because he's hitting 260, 99 OPS. Plus uh, OPS plus and uh, 694 OPS. His saber metrics don't look great. I was, you know, we haven't really seen vintage DJs like always hitting the crap out of the ball like he is, and I do expect that to come back. But you know, we were talking about what you see is what you get, Chandler, and it's been two months. Like when I think this is the lowest DJ's batting average has been in a very very long time. I expect it to come up, but he's been 260. His strikeout percentage is 82 percent, which is. <laughs> I it's very his strikeout yeah, the, percentage is eighty two percent his barrel percentage be correct it is there's def- no it, way he's striking out eighty two percent of a bats you're really gonna be, make me look it up again because dude, that's impossible there is absolutely that no would way be the wor- that would like double the if record, said, record. Yeah, the eighty second percentile of his at bats I would say oh no, no that's uh, that's what I meant though I, regardless it's still a big deal I meant percentile I'm good catch guys but that's still that's that still plays as being bad. Yes, 82, 82% would have been ridiculous. I know, I get that, but yes, 82nd yeah. percentile is what that, 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 math, that math wouldn't work with his batting average either. Okay, before I get it. I misspoke. Sassy, before you got that sassy with us, did you like take a second and think about what you just said? 82% strikeout rate? <laughs> Dude, he like, just he pulled up the graphic and showed me like, oh yeah, you see? <laughs> no, no, no. But, all right, <laughs> well, to be fair, I totally thought I said percentile, which is why I was like, how are you guys not getting what I'm saying? <laughs> I have some breaking news for you. You did not. <laughs> okay, I did not. Okay, whatever. But he's in the 82nd percentile, Chandler, in strikeout percentage. He's in the 6th percentile. In, in barrel percentage, he's in the 89th percentile. In chase rate, he's in the 85th percentile in whiff percentage. I'm not going to say I'm worried, but those are not DJ-like things. And he has been in the lineup. So it's not a matter of he's been in and out, kind of slumping. He's been there, and I'm a little worried. Maybe after he comes back from paternity leave, he'll get that dad strength back. I'm not really worried. I just wanted to pose the question to you guys as, is what percentage would you say Percentage, not percentile, of how worried you are, you guys are about DJ. Um, twenty six percent pun intended. Good one. Good one. Uh, nice. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not worried think, at all. Give me a month after his kid's born. If he's not hitting over <laughs> like two ninety, it's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, there's a lot of stressful things right now. His wife's literally like eight months pregnant. Like, all right, it's fair enough. I think he's fine. And also, I'm also like, I think it's a little shitty to like say are we worried about the offense when we've won, when we either tied or won the last 10 series we've played like we're winning baseball games and 8 0 2 in the last 10 series very yeah, good but we like, also have that's had the amazing best starting rotation of baseball games. exactly so i mean like as long as we're winning i mean again it's a the team sport right you got to you got to play both sides yeah, but we're to win. talking about the offense i know but i'm we saying it's hard it's hard to bash the offense when we've been winning games 
There's nothing to bash. That's the thing. We're we're nitpicking. We're finding something. That's what we yeah. do here. It's our. That's yeah, why we're the Gordon Ramsay and Yankee podcast. I think that that's not a guy that's literally it. called the machine. That, that counts. That's that counts so as so you guys talking over each other right there. For those keeping score at home, that's three. All I'm saying is that I think that I'm not saying that we're like the best offense in the world by any means. All I'm saying is that you can't hate for us winning, but I do think that be, because the main guys are hitting and all the other guys are just like doing dog shit, there is obvious room for improvement, but I'm so not, not worried bashing, in, that, in that terms, in those terms. not bashing the offense. I'm just saying, I think it might be time for us to come to terms with the fact that we're not this historic offense. That's going to put up 12 a game. Like, I think it's time Which to I'm come fine up. with. That's all I'm saying. I'm not bashing them. I'm just like, hey, maybe we're not this, you know, the best offense of all time. We're like, not a juggernaut we, like we used exactly. to be. Exactly. If our pitching is great, then we don't need to. Yeah. Every year we're a juggernaut, and then in the playoffs, all of a sudden, we're not. So hey, maybe, maybe this is the year that we carry over what we're doing in the regular season into the playoffs, what, even though we're not maybe this juggernaut offense that's hitting. You know, I, th- I still think there is a chance. There's a chance we are a juggernaut, but I'm starting to think that maybe would you, I would be also, if this pitching can keep it up, the pitching's a juggernaut. You want to talk about juggernauts? Pitching's currently a juggernaut with reinforcements on the way. I, I mean, I think there's still a chance. And like we were talking about with DJ, none of you guys are worried about it. Murph has 26% chance that he that he doesn't rebound back to the DJ that we know. I think it's almost a great thing that it is DJ that is struggling because if the other guys like Glaber, Stanton, Judge, those guys who maybe if they were slumping, not and, and I wouldn't even call it slumping. He's in, he's got a ninety, he's ninety nine in OPS plus, which is exactly average league average. It's just not what we're used to seeing out of DJ, and the strikeout percent strikeout percentile and all that stuff is not the guy that usually makes contact and everything. Those are things we're not usually seeing from DJ. I think because those numbers do look so bad, I think that we potentially can become that juggernaut very soon if he can click. Because if he can click back to where he we remember him being or remotely close, which we all think he can do, this offense kicks into high gear. Because And I think, honestly, now that we've talked it through, he's the one that makes the whole fucking wheel go around. He's the one that mm-hmm. makes this offense go. And I think that's the, that's the missing piece. Because if we have the other guys... Three, four, five, six. Voight's going to get some more reps and be back to the Voight that we know and love. Sant will be back. All that. I think I think it's just him. I think once DJ gets going, this offense is cruising and we don't lose a game for the rest of time. That's the plan. We are also forgetting that his nickname is literally Le Machine. And he's... I wouldn't forget if that. anybody can bounce back from this slump, if that's what you. But it's not. The thing is, though, it's not a slump. It's an underperformance. Like it's not Absolutely. like it's not it's like not he a- went on a a one for fifteen streak like all these other guys. Like he's been consistently right. hitting two sixty or whatever. Like he's just underperforming. It's not. A, I wouldn't he's say it's been a slump. exactly average. I don't know average. what his career yeah. batting average is, but he's going to get up to within. 10 or 15 points of it by the time this year is over. Yeah, it's like congrats. It's like it's like great. DJ Mayhew is now an average is average hitter instead of an all-star hitter. Okay, we still have a great leadoff guy. Career batting average 303 Murph. So, so I bet you by the end of the year that he gets up to at least 285. I agree. Not 295. Easily. I agree. Easily. I and I think within 10 or 15 points of that career batting. The main average, reason why I wanted to bring this up is worried. because he's never we we have he hasn't been like you said slumping enough to make it to the hot the not segment on the hot or not and he hasn't been hot enough to make it onto the hot so we haven't really given him a much much spotlight in terms of the offensive conversation and 
And that's just not something we're used to on this podcast because he's so good. And I do think he's going to be great. And I think when he comes back to back to fucking hitting balls and just getting on base every time, then the rest of the league is in a, a world of hurt. I think there's one thing that we're kind of missing on the offense that's worth noting. Tell me about How it. about Miguel Andahar? Stepping Welcome up. back. Welcome back to reality. Over his last seven, he's hitting 308. I mean, he's starting to catch fire. He looks competent in left field. He actually looks decent in left field, not not just competent. He made it's a little exciting. diving play the other day. Yeah, he did. It was he's more of a falling play, but it was falling with style. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not beautiful. It's not like a beautiful swan going out there and just scooping up balls, but he's getting the job done. He's getting back to himself at the plate. I'm excited about uh I'm excited about it. I think he's going to play a huge role in this team going forward. I mean, I don't think there's a Yankee fan in the world that is rooting against Miguel Andujar. I think we are we are all wanting him to, you know, be like the helicopter double hitting guy that we love to see all the time. I fucking love Andujar, and it, and it honestly, I, it honestly pains it pained me to talked about talk about him in the way that we did and say he has like no place on this team. I never think, gave up on him. But and it was true. Listen, it was he true, hasn't though. he hasn't fully come back yet, so you can't He's say our that yet. He's starting left fielder <laughs> for the time yeah. being. He will be starting. I don't know if we were doing rounding thirds or not today, but that was my rounding third. Is that he was our starting left fielder, um, game one of the playoffs. That's tough. that is a tough. I'm going to call you out. Yeah. Do you have any any <laughs> any way of backing that up? I mean, there's no way of actually I mean, everything backing that we up. just talked about is bats coming back alive. He looks good out there. I mean, I would, I would love to see his bat in the lineup in a playoff game. At would what you cost? like to see him? At what yeah, cost? at what cost? We we're just talking about the defense getting better. That would not be boding his well defense, for the defense. I mean, how, what what evidence Dude, do you have the other way that his defense has been bad this year? Because he's just not. I mean, you heard it mostly from guys like Kluber saying, you know, Wade out there is not an everyday outfielder, so he was nervous. It's just. He's not an outfielder. As good as he may look on certain plays, and I haven't looked at the, you know, outfield uh, outs above average and range, whatever, all that, all that stuff. He just, I, I don't foresee him being a juggernaut. Is the word of the episode, word of today's episode? I don't yeah. see him being a just unbelievable I didn't say defender. He's Christian Yelich. I said he's I also mean, a bad defender. So bad example. I mean, Yelich. Sure. You sure about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. He is and it will be the show. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know it was that solidified. Yeah, um, no, that's serious. <laughs> no, but I mean, would you hate it if he was out there? At this current moment, you're starting the playoffs. Do you have Clint Frazier or Andahar starting in the outfield? Clint Frazier. <laughs> right now. I mean, come on. Come I don't on, know if you can say that with come confidence. On, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, I, if the bat would, is there, Andujar, if Andujar's bat is, I mean, it's it's such a small sample size. I can't make a judgment. That's a good thing to sample size. That's a good thing to keep got, an eye on. He's got. It's not like this is news. It's not to me. Like he has proven it at the biggest stage. Like what? Well, what though? What? What are we saying here? You say he had seven good at bats, and that's what the no. I say he's seven days. His last his last seven games. Okay, great, but. Uh, I don't know. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. I'm with you, Chandler. I I can see this being a conversation as being Clint versus Andujar. If Andujar can play pedestrian outfield, I think that is – and the bat is – he because Andujar, one thing about him is he'll swing the bat. 
That's never been an issue. He's a free swinger. He does the helicopter. Again, we know and love that. It's just Clint has been in his own fucking world and not in a good way. And And he had a great game. He had a great game last game. Allow me to paint here. I'm going to Bob Ross this for you. Bob Ross it for me. Game one, ALDS, first game of the postseason. We, We draw the Astros. They come into town. We get to Grinky a little early. You know, guy on first and second, two down. You got either Andahar, Clint Frazier up to set the tone for the whole postseason. Who are you taking? Clint. Uh, Clint as well. Disagree. Disagree. I think you're I think you're misjudging what he also does. Like he also is, has the speed. He also does make plays in the outfield. Like we can't discount his defense that he's been playing this year. I'm not discounting it. I'm just saying I feel more confident in that situation. We're talking one at bat, right? I mean, no, I'm saying it's bo- it's bottom one. Bottom one, who's setting the tone for you here? I mean, Clint, Clint won the game the ninth inning that the last game. I'm, I'm going to take Clint. I haven't fully bought that he's going to be bad for the rest of the year. Clint, I Clint, do think he'll turn around. And it was a good good game that he had. I mean, he had three for, three for four, three singles. He had two stolen bases and that last stolen base in the bottom of the ninth on an amazing pitch to steal on. It was a one-two slider, and he picked that out, and he stole second base, and now was a man in scoring position. That set up the entire inning for the walk-off walk of Aaron Judge. Like that, that inning does not happen without Clint Frazier, without him. Look, I'm not saying running. you're wrong. I'm not necessarily. Like, <laughs> I'm just way, saying you're not right. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. But I'm like, saying I, I, my, my argument is that we're we're saying that oh, and Duhar can hit, and then we can deal with his subpar feeling that might come around and then that's it. Like he's not, he's not a base dealer either. Right. I mean, I think Clint Frazier has more tools that will help us in a playoff game than, and Duhar. And it's not, it's not like when they're both hitting well, if they're both hitting well and Duhar is not like an amazing, not much of a better hitter than Clint Frazier. If he even is better than him. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I don't (laughs) think it's out of the realm of possibility. You guys act like it's the most ridiculous thing that anybody's ever said. I'm not saying it's ridiculous because it's been happening. I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm just saying on center stage of the playoff game, it's definitely possible. I'll give you that. Wait, what were you saying about Andujar being good? What? Did you say his (laughs) his last seven games? His last seven games. His last seven games, he's seen 308. He's starting to get hits again. Yeah, he's just batting. Which one, it's he exactly, is batting one ninety one. He's coming off an zero for four day in the last he's day, but two thirteen, according to MLB. I think it's a. I think it's a bold take. But he he also started one for twenty two. So it takes a little bit to climb out of that. <laughs> okay, one. so what are we talking about here, right. dude? No, it's, it's, <laughs> hey, shut up! It's something to monitor. It's something to monitor. I'm with you, Chandler. It could be <laughs> the same way as rookie of the year campaign. All right, not- so what? Uh, Clint Frazier carried the team during the next man up year. Like, Dude, they both they are both, they're, they're both they're both big blowing guys. chunks right now, and I hope they yeah. both come back. And if if they end up both playing well, then we'll have a they're conversation great, yeah. on our hands. I don't foresee this being a a potential conversation to have. I feel like honestly, only one of them is gonna do well. And I think the decision will be made for us is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that it's gonna be it would have to be the best case scenario ever for both of them to both be playing so well to yeah. the point that we would have to choose between the two. You know what I mean? I think I think the universe will work itself out to the point where, you know... Andahar will be in left, agreed. Maybe yeah. Clint will run into a wall, and then he'll just be sent back down to Scranton to find himself again, and then Andujar could be in left. Or it could be that Andujar 
goes one for 22 17 more times and then clint is the only man left the other issue is or we that, get like, another outfielder and, yeah the other issue is if even if they both start hitting ridiculously like <laughs> neither of them can really play a center field like pro- clint probably could but I don't know if I trust either of them in center field. There is a world where neither of them are in the outfield. So I think Tyler playing center. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying if we do end up getting another outfielder, Guardy's out there, Judge is out there, and I think that's a rel- that's a relatively feasible world that we could live in that both of them aren't starting and both of them won't be DHing because Stanton will be DHing and or Gary will be DHing for whatever reason because they do that. It's just, yeah. Or, I think or, there's a there's a very realistic world that we could not be seeing. There's a very them. realistic world that we could be seeing. Or one of them learns how to catch. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to draw light to the fact that it could be possible. That's all I'm saying is that it's not out of the realm of possibility like people think slash have thought. It's it's a definite possibility for sure. Thank you. And it's <laughs> not like a far fetched one. It's not like I just made this up at the beginning of the year. Like, you know who's going to be our guy? Andahar and left. I didn't just make this up. There, it, you know, it's a there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Bingo. So one thing I also had a you know what? Gripe alert. <laughs> so I have a gripe, and I didn't do it at all through the episode. So that was proper use of the word. I genuinely do have a gripe right now. Why the fuck are we seven on the power rankings? I don't. Oh. I mean, we we're we're coming off six wins in a row where we were eight zero and two in the last ten series. We're winning series left and right, and the two people above us are the Astros and the White Sox, who we both damn near swept. Both of them, we swept the White Sox and we dominated the fucking Astros. We just happened to have a four game set against them, so we went three and one. And it's been relatively deciding fact. Like we we're we're better than those teams and. You know, another team that would also be pissed about this is the Rays. And the Rays are the goddamn hottest team in baseball, and they're behind us. So they just won their 11th in a row. They just won 11 in a row. It's just a little bit ridiculous. So I think that was proper use of the gripe alert. Was it? Yeah, I, okay. for sure. Thank you. I, I think that I, <laughs> I, shit on the, I shit on the fact that the Rays were that low earlier today. But now I was looking back on it, and I think they were um, they're eight now. I think they were like... They jumped like eight spots or something like they that. They were one of the worst teams so in you, baseball. I don't think you can make them make that big of a jump. They made the biggest jump they possibly could in a week. So I guess the argument is the same with us as well, is that we were so bad at baseball, so you can't bring us up that quick. But I but do think that it's a little April. bit... Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the Fair Rays month. thing makes more sense than us being down there. I think we should at least be above the Astros and above the, above the White Sox. You know what? Maybe it's just a weird timing situation is that the White Sox were the best team in baseball leading into the series, so you can't really put them out of that. I think give it two weeks, and we're back in, in at least the top five, and I think we we start to slowly solidify our way up into up the teams like the Giants, who I don't believe are a top yeah. five team. I think they're good. I don't think they're bad. Their starting pitching has been great with Discalfani and Alex Wood. I think those guys will start to taper off. I have my fantasy team. I don't think they're as legit as they are right now. They both have about two ERAs. I think that whole team has been overperforming. I have Jake McGee also, who has been awesome. I think they're not a top five team. They'll come down a little bit. Definitely maybe top ten. That'd be fun. That three of the top ten, they've, that, that division has three in the top ten. But I do think we'll slowly inch our way back into the 
top three category. And we have a pretty easy road ahead. I had that we written do down. Not. Our next no, two weeks we are huge. We play the Blue Jays. Who oh, Blue Jays. No, the Blue then Jays we play the Tigers before going and going the Rays, Red Sox. So this, these next two weeks, that's what I was going to say. These next two weeks are huge. Yeah. Yeah, because Massive. Rays, Red Sox, we... We have seven against our top two division or... Our yeah, top three division huge. rivals who are all within a game of each other right now. We got some fun ahead. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the huge swing. Yeah. I have a feeling that the well, one that the talk about the power rankings still, I think the Giants are going to be going down a little bit. And I hope that the Red Sox kind of start tanking too and start feeling the heat of the Rays and, and us. Like we're literally right behind them. I think we're all tied for the division right now or something. Why? Because like they were like. Alone on a, they were alone. Island. They were like, yeah, like six, six games up or something like that. Yeah, now they got two teams on their necks right now, and we're winning. I, I think the Red Sox are good, and they but, are. But if you ask a Red Sox fan, like before that series against the Red Sox, we will talk to our, we'll have him on the podcast, our Red Sox friend Matt. Maybe we, instead of we were gonna do those series previews, but we're busy men and and we do this for fun, so we we decided against doing that for every series. But we'll probably bring on Matt before. Uh, one of the the episode leading up to the series, the Red Sox on just a regular show, have him sit in for a little segment, and that'll be fun. But uh, I think if you ask him and any Red Sox fan too, they they've been waiting for the time that they their pitching would kind of start blowing up, and the pitching has been overperforming uh, expectations by a large margin. I don't know, I haven't checked to see if that has been happening yet, but the Red Sox are still winning games, and their offense is definitely good, and they definitely still have a young core that's that's pretty damn good at hitting the baseball. So. I, I'm not going to count them out as free-falling. I do think they're... I absolutely think that they're in it to win the division. I think this year... We've been talking a lot on this episode as we've seen enough sample size. I think this is the point. Once it hits June, these teams are these teams. I think you get a good depiction of who the sellers are, who the buyers are going to be, all that type of stuff. And I think the Red Sox, who a team that you thought could potentially be sellers, they're in it. They're, they're having a... I think this kind of changes the whole, you know, perspective and trajectory of the where the, where their next few seasons could go because maybe they maybe they had a quicker rebuild that, like like we had in 2017 where we weren't supposed mm-hmm. to be good and they're just they're just playing well so maybe maybe they are buyers and they're sneaky gonna grab a few arms because they know their pitching isn't good so that's definitely something to keep I an mean, eye on and we still happens. have 19 games against them we haven't even fucking played them yet. That was something that I was looking forward to to play them because, you know, we have one of our best friends is a Red Sox fan. So, you know, very interesting, very big series coming up for sure. And we've very had a real possibility that could be the battle for first when that when that day gets here. Yeah. Red Sox and us. Yeah. I do think we I'm, I'm really worried that that raise. I know we did we sweep them or did we just win the series? I'm really worried that leading up to that Red Sox series, we could be a little bit further behind because the Rays bug can come back and the Rays are damn hot right now. So, yeah, they're making, yeah, they're making moves too. AL East baseball, man. Crazy. I think, is it the best division in baseball right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, we're all tied. I think that, that and the, uh, the NL West. Yeah. The West, you got the Giants, Diamondbacks and Dodgers. So, um, yeah, I also think that the Rays moving on with, Willie Adamas was huge. Fill I thought that was going to be Wander Franco. But yeah, they just, they just got so still. many. You know, they, they pulled up somebody else. They have, they have, a, they have a very heavy shortstop class. Yeah, they got a lot of talent. 
Yeah. Let me see. I'm just looking through the different divisions. I mean, the Rays. The, uh, the app. Isn't it nice to see green and the run differential for the first time in fucking ever for the Yankees? What app? Just the MLB like standings. Because for like, I even score. when we got, uh, I was going to say, even when we got hot, we were still hovering around zero. Yeah. It, it's it's nice to see green. And I anticipate that to go way up because we've we've talked about that on this episode. I think the offense will get it going, and I think the pitching is legit. So, but when you look at the ALEs, dude, there's the Rays are thirty and nineteen. They're actually in first place now. I thought the Red Sox were in first, so we're a half game behind the Red Sox, and one game behind the Rays. That series, obviously, even yeah, it's because the Red Sox didn't play today. That's that's fine. Yeah, so Rays are at thirty and nineteen. Red Sox are at twenty nine and nineteen. Yankees at twenty eight and nineteen. Blue Jays at 523. So. <laughs> Good for them. So they're I mean, trying. I don't Matt see, Harvey's carrying that team. I don't see another division that is future Yankee Matt Harvey. <laughs> I, I don't know why you keep saying that. Because that's just because it's too perfect. See, I think the we yeah our division is more has more wins than the NL West. The NL West is the closest one because they have three teams at the top who are 30 and 17, 29, 18, 28. Their fourth is 18 and 29 is the Rockies and Arizona Diamondbacks are 18 and 30. And we at least have the Blue Jays who are 500. So best team in baseball, best division in baseball. I mean, right now. Yeah. Baseball's not, not really something that I'm excited about because I would rather be in a, I'd rather just win the division. So no, nah, I don't that. know. I mean, like, I, it's fun to watch. The excitement is, it's, it's, that's all we watch. I mean, I was okay. wanting to win at the end, but. So I think it'd be even more fun to watch that coming down the stretch in September rather than, you know, us having a Especially home, like Yankees or be full capacity at the stadium, mm-hmm. Red Sox, Yanks. I had another gripe too. I'm not going to play the noise because I'll, I'll limit myself one per episode. But um, you talked about the capacity thing and, you know, the, the Knicks are in the playoffs. New York is just doing it. They're doing the damn thing right now. It's just alive. Things are going well. We lost game one, but we're going to be back. Seven game series. That thing was packed. That was a full sellout. What's the rule with the capacity? Is it just a? Is it because it's their max capacity is like twenty k, and they were able to just fill that that damn thing? And they do they don't do a percentage capacity thing. Is that what it is? Because we yeah, because we technically hit our quota on twenty k, but we yeah. fit fifty k. Yeah, that, that is what it is. It's a little bit bothering me because yeah, we're but, outdoors and, you know, if it's also, spread out. We're also set to do full capacity in like a month. I know, but, you July know, when 1st. you see that, I'm yeah. just saying I have a gripe because when you see the full-blown, like, everybody is just next to each other in a enclosed arena and then you turn in the next channel and you see, you know, seven rows in between one person and the next person in the Yankees game. I wouldn't say it's like, a gripe because we're, we're planned to be full capacity in a month. So I wouldn't say it's a gripe. Also... You can't put. You can't tell me what my gripes are. I feel the way I feel. Yeah. Your your opinion's wrong. <laughs> I disagree. I think your opinion's right. Even but, like uh, half of baseball is at a hundred percent. So yeah, yeah just like true. I know you said June, uh, July first. Just like I mean, speed up the process. It, everything great. looks great. I'm not a scientist, but everybody. I else do is doing think it. that the the playoff <laughs> because they're in the playoffs is a reason why they are speeding up the process a little bit. I think, well, that, I but, think if it was like, playoff baseball, they would have made an exception. Like, okay, fuck, but like yeah. you know, if it's really like disease related, does the disease like pick and choose whether it's the playoffs or not? Like, <laughs> no, but use, money use, does. Use consistent log- logic and let's, logic. let's fucking. Sorry, I I'm tired. Yes, but they're they're thinking in terms of money. 
It's like money or a possible lawsuit. (laughs) Money. And you're going to get more money at Yankee Stadium when you fucking open up the doors. Exactly. We go in and I buy 14 hot dogs and, you know. 14 hot dogs, really? Yep. Per inning. Per inning. All right. Maybe you'll let us know this. Maybe that'll be our, our, uh, our, Episode 161 will be a hot dog eating contest. Nah, episode 161. <laughs> That'd be awesome for the audio. World only Series people. Game 7. <laughs> I think every person on the podcast has to have nine hot dogs and nine beers during the game. Can we do a challenge like that? We'll live stream it. I think we should Absolutely do a don't. bottle of Jameson or something. <laughs> you got one over there. I mean, and I'm that's saying that's going to last until October. I don't know. Maybe by that time we'll be big enough to where they just like pay for us to go. Like, yeah, these guys are cool. Be at Game Seven in Yankee Stadium. My pleasure. Like that's gonna be so much money. <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking arm and a leg. Like I want to uh, go to that, but me too. Like know. every every part of me tells me like, hey, the Yankees are in the World Series. You, that's Game Seven. You got to go in that situation. I just don't know if I if I could swing that. I'm I not. Mean, I'm, I'm just. I'll never financially recover from that. I, I truly <laughs> won't. Those tickets would be like fucking three thousand dollars, dude. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I gotta sell. Like my car, pick it, take out another credit card, but you know my car what did just break, do. so it might be a good sell opportunity for some tickets and just hold that money, <laughs> <laughs> just sell scrap parts. <laughs> Honestly, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, I might have to limit it to like six dogs with the ticket prices, but <laughs> I can make it work. Yeah, look into that live stream though. Anyway, that will do it from us. If you are on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a five-star rating. Actually, there were some good ones that we got. I do want to shout some people out. Uh, the most recent people to give us a review. They really help us out, and they really make us feel good, make Chandler laugh and giggle, and he touches his tummy when he does it. He rubs it like the old cartoons Man, would do. But I, I think you're driving people away by saying that. that is- that's okay. Uh, DJ Raff to next time. If you guys are going to leave a, a review, you don't even have to write anything. I know maybe people don't want to write a review. You can just tap the five stars. We'd appreciate that. But if you do want to write a review, we also appreciate you. If you do that, leave your name so we can shout you out on the podcast. Some of these names are just like, Oh, you know, Tommy Turk 15. <laughs> How about you? You want to talk about uh, Gary and Higgy with Posada and Girardi compare the two. I don't know that we can compare the two. Um, I really like Higgy and Tiggy's team. It was Posada's team. Girardi was, you know, there. Gary stinks. That's your catcher talk for you, Tommy Turk. But yeah, leave us a five star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate you. And if you like us on the podcast apps, you might like us on YouTube. Check us out at Bronx Pinstripes YouTube page. Uh, a little confusing. It's not our name, but we we're, we are are a part of Bronx Pinstripes, so we do it on that YouTube page. If you want the episode in full video form, that's where that will be. And yeah. Love you guys. Peace. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.